Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode. Uh, we got the trifecta here. We got Dylan, Josh, and myself here. Uh, we're only missing Chris, but he will be in. Uh, he should be in next week. He should be in next week. Let's hope. So I think he wants to be in at least two weeks from now when we do some uh, his, his favorite team subject. Um, the NFC least. Yeah. So we are going to start this week's episode. We are going to start with the NBA. Um, so I'm going to start with Josh on this one, just because I already know how Dylan feels about, um, this team and I, I know how Josh feels about this team. So I want to see kind of the different ideas and thought processes here. Um, we're almost done with the NBA. It's almost the playoffs time and, and somebody's sitting out looking in right now. And that is the Los Angeles Lakers. They are now a half game back of San Antonio, which will probably be a good thing that San Antonio is playing Memphis for them right now. But um, what are you thinking with this L.A. team? I mean, LeBron's been sitting for the last couple of games. A.D. still hasn't come back. Russell stepped up. I'm not going to lie. He's playing better, but it's not enough. So, Josh, what are you thinking with this Laker team? Yeah, I, I mean – I realize he probably won't do it, but I would be fine with shutting down LeBron at this point in time. Um, you know, you're, you might, you might make the play in, but if you make the playoffs, you're going to get smashed by the suns. Like you just don't have it right now. Um, it's, it's not there. Like they're just not good enough as it is right now. And, and I think there are a few reasons for that. Um, I think you can blame Russell Westbrook some because while he's played a little bit better of recent, his poor play much of the year, his not recognizing where he's at at this stage of his career, um, it hurt the team a lot. I think there's some blame for Anthony Davis. You know, is is there somebody else? <laughs> Maybe Kyrie um, for different reasons. But there are a few people I think of when I think of Anthony Davis you know, of, of people who have the talent and just are not on the court. Yeah. Kyrie's not on the court for personal reasons all the time, but like AD can't stay healthy. And, you know, some of it may not be his fault. You think back to a guy like Greg Odin, but like some of these, the soft tissue injuries, it makes me wonder like Greg Odin, it was his feet. Like you can't really do anything about that, but AD, it's soft tissue. So what are you not doing to get your body ready for the season? So blame towards Russell Westbrook, blame towards AD, and then blame towards Rob Palinka and LeBron James as GM. Um, you, ha- you have to blame Rob Palinka and the GM version of LeBron James. You can't blame the player version. Player version of LeBron James is the only reason they're still on the verge of getting in the play-in. Um, it's LeBron has been pulling that team all season. Yeah. But yeah. LeBron, the GM, and Rob Palinka are the reason, like, as much as you blame Russell Westbrook, you have to blame Palinka and LeBron, the GM, yeah. for bringing in Westbrook instead of getting the other players who would have actually fit with that squad. Heck, they would have a better chance running it back with the guys from last year than they do with this squad they're currently putting out there. Yeah, I will say this. I, I think, like you said at the beginning, I think LeBron is going to play because I, I know if he plays three more games, he has a chance to possibly have the scoring title. Um, if he, But he has to meet three games at least uh, for the rest of the season. So I, I see him playing that game, but I those games just to get that maybe accolade. Um, but yeah, LeBron, the GM, has hurt this this season. Uh, bringing in, I think, what was it? They had a choice of, I can't remember, the Kings guard that could have oh, been Buddy, Buddy, Buddy Healed. Yeah, could have been the guy instead of Russell Westbrook, and LeBron wanted Westbrook. It was um, either Buddy Healed, DeMar DeRozan. Like, we're both options dude, that they could have brought if, if DeMar DeRozan was an option, I cannot. I look at LeBron as a big, what did you just do? You know? Uh, that would be my thing of like if I was like somebody in his circle be like hey maybe take a step back and let the big decision you know be input 
but let the final decision be somebody else? Because De- DeMar DeRozan on this team, they'd be in the top five. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's I, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think if you take, I wouldn't. I'm not putting all the blame on Russ because Russ is no. Russ. Like we, right. we know who we know who Russell was. Like when this trade came in, and we talked on this podcast when it happened. I mean, I said I would love the trade because it meant the Lakers were going to be trash, and I knew that. Like I knew that, and I, I'm not like a casual basketball fan. But I'm not like a diehard, like played like basketball and went like I could tell that's not gonna work. Yeah. Like and, three and, egos. Yeah, three egos and Russ being probably one of the biggest egos, at least publicly. Like Russ has said, like, I'm gonna play my game and I don't care what happens. Like, and and yeah, it just wasn't gonna work. And even like not even DeMar DeRozan, but get Buddy healed. Like that Kings trade that they would have got would have been 10 times better than having especially for the future. Yeah. For the future. And then you have like, they lost, I mean, think of the guys they lost Kyle Kuzma. Um, They lost. um, Why am I blanking on his name? Um, Caruso. Pope, did you name him? No, I didn't. KCP. Uh, like they lost a bunch of their three and D guys that they could space the floor with, and you replace them with much older, less D and less three. Then, <laughs> then you, like you, you replace them with Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony. Uh, like I, you just didn't, you just didn't replace them well. Like oh. LeBron said, "Hey, let's get all my friends together and let's play, let's play a season, and it'll work because we're all." All, we're all boys we're all good yeah we're all boys and we're all good and the chemistry just didn't work uh like on the court off the court they probably all buds and they probably all hang out and they have a grand old time but i would think they're the court, frustrated they right now yeah on the court that thing just doesn't work and it it blame is to go around honestly uh the blame that i would say probably is least deserving is on um the coach, why am I blanking on Vogel, Frank Vogel. Vogel? Like, I don't think he's to blame. Like, no. I don't think it's it's his fault. Like, he's tried. He's benched Russell Westbrook. Yeah. He's he's taken hard stands, and the team's just not good. Like, I, I, I think he's going to get scapegoated. I think Palinka has some uh, responsibility, but, like, when LeBron James, the face of the franchise, one of the best players of all time, comes to you and says, I want Russ – what are you going to do? Tell him no. Yeah, yeah like, sure. Uh, I agree. So, so there's an aspect of it that, like, you want to blame Polinka, you want to blame Vogel, but I put a lot more of it on LeBron, not because, like, I have a bias against LeBron, but he's the one pulling the strings. We joke about the GM, like, like him being the, the GM and whatnot, and we give him credit when it works, but we, we don't want to give him the blame when it doesn't work. And it's just not working. It's not all on him. Russ has not been good. AD, like Josh, like you said, has not been healthy. Like he hasn't held up his end of the bargain in this do- in this duo. Um, I heard someone, Josh, like what you were saying, like what are you not doing in this offseason? I think it was K- Kendrick Perkins was saying like change your trainer, change your diet, like do something to like help with these injuries because they're all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, my biggest thing is, is I've heard a lot of rumors. I've heard a lot of things that have gone good, bad, and ugly with this team. I think it's just, it, it's going to almost have to, I don't want to say blow up, but there's going to have to be some major changes this offseason for them. And whether that's, you know, Russell going to another team, whether it's AD maybe even leaving. I just, I, I don't know. It needs to be something changed. Um, they don't have draft picks, money. Or assets. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's their, true. Their best asset is Anthony Davis, but I don't think he's going to want the LeBron's going to want him to get traded. And who but, wants to take on Russell Westbrook after this season? Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. So we're going to move on to another another team I want to talk about. Yeah, both teams are in the, uh, in the West. But right now it's been, I think, seven games. Let me think. One, two, three. We're on six games. I'm sorry since Jaws been down and the Grizzlies are still undefeated since Jaws gone down. They're playing amazing. People are stepping up that you didn't expect. You expected when Jaw went down that 
Uh oh, Grizzlies might drop. And here they are just soaring. Is that good or bad for Ja? As far as when he comes back, is that dynamic going to change? Or is he just going to slide right in and they're going to be even better? Dylan, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, I think they'll be fine. I mean, I think on the season, he's missed 20 games and they're 18 and two yeah. in those games. Like they're, they play well. They have a really solid team all the way around. Like they, they have jaw and he's like the star and they don't really have another star. To me, it feels like Milwaukee, like three years ago, you have a star player in Giannis and then you have some good players that have a solid team, but you don't really have like that was before Middleton kind of elevated before you get like Drew Holiday and, and whatnot, like before you kind of elevate your team, they that's what they kind of feel like a really good team that doesn't really have another star. Um, and that can hold it down when the stars out. Uh, and they, they just have a great culture. They love to play with each other. They, they enjoy one another and they think- want to see each other succeed. And so I think that's why they do so well with Ja. not to mention they're all talented. Like Desmond Bain might be most improved player of the year. Dylan Brooks is really good. Jaron Jackson, I think is a DPOY candidate this year. Like he's solid. This, so. and, and Steven Adams coming back. Like, I mean, he has been a solid center for them. Yeah. He's a big physical guy who grabs a lot of boards. Who's, your kind of physical imposer on the defensive side of the ball alongside Jaron Jackson. Like, I think they have a, like, there's not really a hole on this team. They have one of the best backup point guards in Tyus Tyus Jones uh, in the league. I think they're just up and down, 1 to 12, 1 to 15, however many they carry on their roster. It's just every one of those guys is solid, and they all bought bought into the culture. And so for Jaw, it's really good for for them because he's just going to step in they're going to keep rolling and have momentum coming into the playoffs yeah josh you got anything you want to add with that yeah so i mean i think one okay they're undefeated without jaw and it's been a little while but eventually i think they would come back down to earth some because they're missing jaw Morant. Like, like Dylan said, I mean, honestly, you look and yeah, you've got Steven Adams, you've got Kyle Anderson, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, um, Jarrett Culver's not been bad, Jaron Jackson, Tyus Jones, you, you've got some players there. Um, but eventually you're gonna hurt from not having your superstar. But you look at the other day, Philly went into Miami and didn't play Joel Embiid or James Harden and no. they won. Yeah. Does that mean Philly is better without Joel Embiid and James Harden? I think that was also a little bit because of that blow up between on the on the bench for Miami too. Though. Well, how the much blow up was, was caused by the was caused by the fact they were losing to a Embiid and Harden less Sixers. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think sometimes you're so used to playing a team geared towards one player that when that player is not there, it's like, oh, shoot. Now who's going to beat us? Yeah. If it's not Jaw, is it going to be Kyle Anderson? Is it going to be Desmond Bain? I, I don't know. Who do we focus on? And it's almost harder to game plan where eventually that would hurt. But I think getting Jaw back, and then I know it sounds dumb, I think, but like Dylan made the point of, you know, Dylan's point sounds dumb. Huh? No, um, <laughs> Dylan made the point of like these guys, they see there are times where I think they seem almost more like a college roster where like they Dylan said they love to play together. Yeah, they're excited on the other court rosters, and something happens. Some of these other rosters, like the difference between pros and college. I know we're gonna talk some March Madness. There yeah. is something different about college teams than pro teams. And Memphis, in terms of their camaraderie, you know, the the relationship between teammates almost seems more college-like than pro-like. And I think that's the reason that they're able to overcome some hindrances, some stumbling blocks. Okay, I agree. I like that. I like that assessment in a sense, like, you know, they, they like you see something happen and that whole bench lights up instead of just like one or two people. That whole bench gets up and excited about it, just like in college. I agree with that. I guess my thing is, is out of these six games, you know, they've played, I mean, granted, I'll, I'll say this, you know, 
they beat the Warriors. What was it last night? Two nights ago, I'm sorry. One or and two, then, two nights ago. Two nights ago. Before that was the Bucks. Now, granted, that was the pace. Then it was the Pacers and the Rockets for two of these wins. But the Nets game too. You know, I mean, granted, the Nets are at the bottom right now. They're you know they're in that play-in, but that's a team that everybody's watching with Kyrie and, and KD, and like so, these are three of these teams. Of these six wins are teams that they're gonna see possibly could see in a playoff game. And and they did it without drop without Josh. So I just like the way that this team's looking, and I just wonder if if it's just going to be a step in, like oh Jaw's back, all right, he's taking over, it's over, you know, we're just going to go back into this position, or if they can actually show like hey we work this well while you're gone, we want you back as that player, but don't overshadow. I guess the thing is, Ty. If you remember the beginning of the year, Jaw was out for a while. Right. And at that point in time, their record without Jaw was better than their record with Jaw before yeah. Jaw got hurt. I but remember. Then Jaw, Jaw came back and Memphis ascended to another level. And yeah. There was talk of Jaw's MVP. And so yeah. I think if he comes back in that same way, man, Memphis oh. is an interesting team to watch. Yes. And, it, yeah. and they're fun to watch because yeah. of that college like camaraderie and the fact that Jaw is just crazy yep all right we are oh you guys thought me wanted to say bill so i just wanted to add to josh's point about like they feel like a college roster because they are not that they're like (laughs) they're 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 maybe the youngest team in the nba and i think they have i just counted on their roster i think they might have maybe 20 people on their roster 16 of them are 25 and younger and out of the other – another thing I looked at, out of 17 players, six, 14 of those 17 players have three years or less experience in the NBA. So yeah, like, they're, they're, they're more college they're really team. Yeah. team. They're a really yeah. young team. They, they all like to hang out with each other. And, I mean, they're like uh, – they, uh, I think that goes to the culture. They're, they're a young team. They rally around Jaw. That's the guy. That's the leader. But they're all young. They all like to go. I guarantee they all. I don't know if they go party or whatever. I'm not going to say they do. But like, I guarantee they like to hang out, play video games, do stuff together off the court because they're all the same age. It's not like you have five five young guys, five old guys, and you have this whatever. They're all young and they're all right. boys. They all like to hang out with each other. Well, and with that, I think. Oh. Well, Ty, um, I think one interesting thing that serves as the perfect tie in for tie is like looking down their roster too you see a lot of guys who have march madness experience yeah you see a lot of guys coming yep. from programs that made you know even like murray state where jaw went well jaw made a run in march madness um loyola maryland but that guy was on the team that made the march madness run like UC guys, UCLA, even like a TCU, Gonzaga, Texas Tech, Michigan State, guys who came from program Duke, um, Purdue, yep. guys who came from programs that have some big game experience, have some of that type mentality. Because there are times when I watch them that I feel like I'm watching a college basketball team, and about the only time I watch college basketball is March Madness. March Madness, yeah. And speaking of that, we're going to jump into that. Um, last weekend, a, a, a I will have to say it this way. It was a, a historic run. 15 seed was in the elite, um, was in the elite eight set up St. Peter's, you know, granted they lost to Villanova and uh, Villanova has gone on to this final four, but St. Peter's, I mean, I will say this St. Peter's they, they run, lost to UNC. Was it UNC? Oh, my bad. I apologize. Thank you. I went with the wrong. Yeah, that's right. Um, but St. Peter's, you know, I will say this. Uh, Shaheen Holloway has got a new job because of it. Um, but that shows that he's a great coach. I really do think this. His, his coaching ability, his coaching style has brought that team together and made him a, a powerhouse. And they, they surprised a lot of people. Now him going back to his, from where he played, to be the head coach, even as an assistant, he is going to be the new coach for Seton Hall. I think Seton Hall is going to bring that, that swagger back that they used to have back in the early nineties, uh, mid nineties, early, even maybe late, early two thousands. They have fallen off a little bit, 
but I just see them as that new team. What did you guys think? I know you guys say, you know, we really don't watch college basketball until March Madness. What'd y'all think of St. Peter's run? Josh, I'll start with you. No, it was fun to watch. Um, I mean, they beat Kentucky, so I love that. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and just I was really impressed. I was surprised. I did not expect them to to make it as far as they did. Well, obviously, nobody expected I, I was them say, to go to nobody EBA. did. Um, but you look and you saw the way they played and the way that Holloway coached. Um, the way he got his guys to buy in, you know, even afterwards, he was so disappointed because he truly thought they were going to beat North Carolina. Now, North Carolina, my goodness, their, their combination of size, because Purdue had size. They had those two ginormous guys, that one guy thinking seven foot four or whatever he was. Um, it was ridiculous, but Purdue was big, but North Carolina was big and fast. The way they closed out, like Leaky Black closing out on Doug Eddert was incredible. Um, Eddert couldn't get a shot off. But the defense, until they went up against the buzzsaw that was UNC, the defense that um, St. Peter's played, and I think one of the big things, they said it a lot on the um, broadcast, so I'm not you know, making some new revelation, but the fact that St. Peter's never seemed rattled. The first time in the tournament that I saw them rattled and I actually watched maybe all of their games, almost all of their games, part of all of their games, at least, if not the whole thing, um, because I watched the end of the Kentucky game. I didn't watch all of that because I didn't expect that. But at no point in time did they seem rattled until the UNC game. Purdue seemed rattled against St. Peter's, but not St. Peter's, which I think just is one of those cool things about a Cinderella run and also speaks a lot to what Holloway was able to do with that group of guys that really should not have beaten a lot of those teams. And, and that's why I say, I think like him going to Seton Hall, I think will put that stamp back on Seton Hall as a, as a powerhouse too. Dylan, what do you got to add with this? Uh, no. Yeah. I think, I think it's a, I think it's always good. It's always fun. I honestly, I, it's kind of funny when we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, I, I was like I think I had a 13 seed upsetting um, yeah like a, what like what a four that was seed. the worst we like, had yeah and I was like I was like that's that's a big upset and then and then St Peter's goes on this run and my bracket's absolute garbage so your your, uh, bracket, your bracket is garbage um, oh it is so it is so is Chris's dude and I think everybody's not great um no no mine feels historically who still has there's there's one person who still has a team <laughs> in it for the national championship. Um, I, 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 I don't know who that is. I don't know who, I don't know who that about. is. All I know is Dylan and Chris and Ty don't, but who that fourth person could be. I Mine know. is uh, historically bad. My, my, I have an 18.3% like best case scenario bracket. It was terrible. Mine got wrecked on like <laughs> day one. Week one. Just, week, <laughs> we, first weekend Dylan's out like, out, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I lost all my interest in March Madness when my bracket just crapped out on the day on the first day. Uh, but we, I think it's always fun with St. Peter's and with these Cinderella stories. It was kind of fun. I mean, didn't Doug Eddert or is that how you say his name? He got like a NIL deal with butt B-dubs, uh, which is cool. Uh, for the the mustache. Gonna... My favorite yeah. thing was when they showed his picture pre-mustache and the announcer said it looked <laughs> like Doug Eddert's eight-year-old brother. That was a great line. I loved it, but yeah. But yeah, it, it, I think it's fun. I honestly didn't know that their head coach got hired by Seton Hall. I just found that out. So I don't, yeah. is it official? Yeah. Oh, okay. He actually, it's, it's official. They've offered them the job. He's going to be introduced on Thursday. Okay. So that, that, when you guys pretty, hear this. That's pretty cool. Like, I mean, it gives him a, a good, like a guy uh, with a good program. Hopefully he has success at Seton Hall like he did at St. Peter's. Um, you would You would think so with the name brand, being able to attract more, more and talented individuals it's a, it's a cool story of him going home because that's where he played college ball and played march madness um he was yeah a he was a seat hall yeah he was a seat hall player he was an assistant coach there he left there to go and be at saint peter's and now he's back there as the head coach it's a good story you know i mean I you'll do see like that, that. To me. now i hope so. he wins it all and brings the title to seat hall so we talked about UNC, you know, the final four is set. It's UNC versus Duke, which is a big tobacco road rivalry. Um, 
and it's to go to the national championship, which is a great setup. And then you got Villanova and Kansas on the other side. Um, I just saw this, and I don't know, you know, for for some of our listeners, if you're a if you're a, um, a country fan, country music. Eric Church had a sold out concert, decided to cancel it so he could go to the Duke UNC game because he's a UNC alumni. Um, I thought that's a pretty cool little fact. That's how big this game is. I mean, besides the fact that Coach K could be it's his final game. There's so much tied to the UNC Duke. It's one of the biggest rivalries in sports, not just college basketball, sports. And it's set up to be a final four matchup. I don't even know how to start that one. Yeah, I don't even know how to start that one, that conversation. I think even to add to it, Ty, add to it with the fact that like Coach K's last season, but what just happened at the end of the regular season when the last game at Home Cameron game? Indoor Arena, I agree. the day they were honoring Coach K and what happens, Duke what comes in and smacks the you-know-what out of them, you know, and yeah. then they have to somehow celebrate Coach K after his team just got trounced by the underdog UNC rival. Like, UNC, Adley. that like that is the definition of raining on someone's parade. Like, but not even with rain, with something else. Like, that is what they did. Uh, I'm trying not to be be vulgar here, but let's be honest. Like, what type of comparison do you have of, like, you can't even say, like, unveiling, you know, the, the, you know, MLB, like the World Series flag or any of those. It's not even the same as, like, your historic coach who's been coaching for, what, 150 years. years. Uh, 40 years 150 I was pretty sure it was 150. <laughs> but no like coach k has been coaching for 40 years and he's retiring and they're gonna honor him and really based on the way things looked this season duke should have won that game and unc comes in and goes you know what guys enjoy your party now boom like not even a close loss just no. whooped on him and then Coach K has to come after the game and, and talk about how, like, how he apologized to the fans because, like, they didn't play well and, and all that he, kind of stuff. So, like, spent I his think, celebration apologizing. Yeah, That's what I UNC think, did to them, and now they're in the final four against each other. Yeah, this would be perfect sweet revenge. Like, Coach K would probably forget about the bad game on his – on Coach K senior night, as they called it, because he was – he's leaving the program. But, like – this, like, I honestly, like, I think a lot of people didn't expect Duke to do well this this run because, like, they were just not really Duke. They were playing well, but they just weren't Duke, uh, playing Duke basketball. And so now that they make this run, I'm kind of hoping Coach K goes out on a on a national a championship. Note. I would love but, to see Coach K on a I, national championship. but I want to see Duke turn into Duke E again and uh, let, let UNC the number eight seed. Ruin gets a one or two one more time. Oh, like, like you've got one seed Kansas, two seed Nova, two seed Duke, eight seed UNC. <laughs> Just like, hey, hey, we didn't believe that anybody else would step up and ruin Coach K. So we we fought all the way to the final four just to make sure we could ruin it for you. So Again. how much <laughs> how much worse would it be though if it wasn't UNC and it was St. Peter's? Honestly, I think UNC is worse. Yeah, well, no, no, totally I agree worse. now. Yes, I agree. But I'm just saying, like, if it was number you, 15, you ask St. Peter's any Duke fan, you ask any Duke fan, and I'm oh, sure they, they would be I like, would, it's okay. Yeah. Let UNC go. I can't lose. Right I, I can't. Let St. Peter's go to the final. It's okay. We'd rather that than Duke. Even UNC? Oh, yeah. Rather that than UNC. Yeah. As a Duke so, fan, any team but UNC. I will say this. I, I feel bad for like Villanova and Kansas because they're getting no talk. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's going to be a great game, but they're getting no talk because it's all about UNC and Duke and yeah. rightfully now, so. And I mean, it could be a good game, but I'm, I'm worried. I thought Villanova, that's who my pick was to win the championship. Yeah. You have Villanova to win it all, but they lost Justin Moore to a torn Achilles and that is going to hurt them a lot. So it wouldn't shock it wouldn't shock me if Kansas wins that game, um, but you know who knows we'll see. But I mean yeah. everybody's going to be focused on the Duke game. Yeah, 
unfortunately for that, uh, unfortunately for the Kansas and Villanova game, you, that's why they're the first game. Yep. Because nobody wants to see it. If, if the Duke UNC game, no matter what happens, everybody's be like, okay, we're good. I'm going to turn it off. So <laughs> with that, guys, we're going to take a break. We'll be back. We're going to talk our, like our, we've been doing our weekly division of uh, football team needs. This week we have the NFC South. And as you guys know, if y'all listen to us, we got a couple of people here that are NFC Southers. Um, we'll be right back and have some fun. All right, guys, we're back. And like I said, we are going to talk about the NFC South. Um, I'm going to start with Dylan, and we're going to start with the Carolina Panthers. Um, Dylan, okay. <laughs> Carolina's got a lot of things going on there. I don't even think they have, like right now, Sam Darnold is their QB1. What does Carolina need this season besides a miracle? Uh, Yeah, they need a miracle. Um, But they – I so I think they need a couple things. Uh, First, I think they need a quarterback. Whether that quarterback comes in this draft or not, I think you don't want to reach at – I think they're at six in this draft. They're at six. Uh, I don't think you take one at six. I think your best-case scenario is you trade back to the low to mid-teens and take a quarterback because I think they'll still be available at that time. But I don't think you take one at six. Uh, and I'm honestly not a huge fan of the – a lot of the guys in the draft, I do have like some guys I like, like I like Desmond Ritter a lot. I actually like one of my sleeper, like day two type of guys that I really have found myself intrigued by is Bailey Zappi from Western Kentucky. Uh, he's got a lot of really good numbers. Uh, advanced statistics show a lot more than what people nationally talk about with him. Uh, but I don't think that that quarterback comes here. I think you also need a left tackle. Uh, I don't know about Cam Irving. He seems to be hurt a lot. Uh, I don't even know. I'm not sure if Cam Irving's on the roster or not. Um, and then I think linebacker. Since Luke Keekley left, they have not had a solid linebacker. Uh, and I think they need to upgrade that position severely. Uh, I mean, I, they have a lot of good things going for them. Uh, they have, other than left tackle, they have a pretty good offensive line. They have CMC. He needs to stay healthy. They have a decent wide receiving core. Um, they they have good D-line. Gross Matos, Brian Burns, Matt Ioannidis, Derek Brown. Uh, they've got Jeremy Chin in the secondary, ja- drafted J.C. Horn last year. They traded for C.J. Henderson. Like They have a solid secondary, solid front line, but they need to upgrade that linebacker position. Um, and, and then they need to address tackle and quarterback. And I think they really wanted Deshaun, uh, but Deshaun ended up going to, to Cleveland. And so now they're left waiting to see what happens. Do they maybe trade for a Jimmy G? Do they maybe uh, draft Owen? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the answer is. And I don't know how much more time Matt Rule has. Like, I don't think he can talk – himself like talk ownership into another year or giving him two more years this year and next year to maybe draft a quarterback or, or trade for one in the, in the next off in next off season, because I don't think the answer for him is in this draft. All right. Uh, Josh, what do you got for this one for Carolina? Yeah. So I don't know. I'm torn on the quarterback conversation because I mean, I agree and I don't love Sam Darnold mostly because every time I think Sam Darnold is going to do well, he doesn't. And he just keeps kind of throwing Amen, that brother. in my face. Um, <laughs> yeah. But maybe, maybe if you take Kenny Pickett, he will That's be what everybody's more got him in the already. But also, I think he's older than Sam Darnold. Older or the same age. They're, they're um, either the same age. I think they might be both 24. Yeah, so, and I think Sam Darnold may have turned 24 after Kenny Pickett, but that's just... That may not it's be. Months. Okay. It's months. Um, like. But, like, so do you take the rookie 24-year-old or <laughs> the twenty the 24-year-old who has seen a lot, knowing what he's also seen has been ghosts? So, I don't know. Um, but, like, right now, 
would I take Jimmy G over Sam Darnold? I don't know if I would. Like, My, let Jimmy me ask G, you this: Jimmy G a... is a beautiful man. I don't think he's that great of a quarterback. Like, I agree. If if Jimmy G looked like me, I don't know that he's still a starting quarterback in the NFL. Just being frank, I, especially I not if Going he's back... my height. But even if he was his favorite, <laughs> yeah. um, but look like me, no, I, 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 I honestly don't know. Like, if if Andy Dalton looked like Jimmy G and Jimmy G looked like Andy Dalton, which one would be the starter? Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying statistically. Whoa. Plus, when you watch the game and you're like, oh, he made it to a Super Bowl. He made it there throwing eight passes a game. Get, come on, like, come on now. Yeah, but so like going back people to are all Pickett, like, oh, Jimmy G's a winner. Yeah, yeah, you can win a lot when your team runs the ball like they do and plays defense like they do. Eh, let, let's take that with a grain of salt, buddy. Um, like but, not but you. I mean, I'm just saying in general, the Jimmy G supporter. Yeah, but like going back to like Kenny Pickett, like fill in the blank, like Sam Darnold versus Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter. Like, how much of an upgrade really are any of those guys to Sam Darnold? Especially for this season, which is what's important for Matt right. Rule. As I say, yeah. you're, if you're walking in, the, you have to walk in the door as the starter I, I, and be ready for that. I don't know if that's really Honestly, I, I like Desmond Ritter a lot. I think he's a lot better than all the people give him credit for. But, like, I still don't see him, like, like Josh said, Sam Darnold has three or four years of experience already, five years of ex- – this will be year five – if he's not the guy and you can convince ownership to give you another year, roll with Sam Darnold, suck it up, and then try for Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or another guy next year and and roll the dice on a better quarterback draft than this year. So, yeah, so I'm not sure about quarterback, but moving down what I do think they need, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't mind Shaq Thompson and Corey Littleton as linebackers, but I agree, add a linebacker, add – you know, perhaps a left tackle Young. or somebody else on the line. And yeah. I I don't love, but I don't hate their wide receiver core. They have DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, and then they brought in Rashard Higgins, who I kind of like Rashard Higgins as a third wide receiver. Um, depending in a draft like this, I still think maybe you take another wide receiver, but you even have Terrace Marshall Jr., who showed some intriguing traits, but I It'll, it might sound dumb, but I think they need a tight end. Their tight end is Tommy Tremble, who is a good blocking tight end. He is not a receiving tight end. And so you need to add somebody as a receiving tight end to help Sam Darnold out or whoever the quarterback is. Because if you have a healthy CMC, which questionable, but if you have CMC, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Richard Higgins, and a decent tight end, um, has anybody signed Austin Hooper yet? Yeah. Okay. Who signed Austin? Tennessee. Tennessee? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I I asked that and then I was like, oh, shoot. I think Tennessee did. Yeah. So he's not available, but I don't know um, whether free agency or in the draft. But if you can add a tight end, I think that might be one of their bigger needs. Frankly, healthy, which I know last year they weren't healthy, but healthy, I don't hate this team. Like, I know that they may still be second worst in the uh, in the South. But I, I think there are some intriguing aspects to this team. I wouldn't – so if you plug Sam Donald or maybe Kenny Pickett into this team, I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe sneak into a seventh wild card. Like, I, I honestly wouldn't be that surprised because you think last year as they start off, Sam Donald balled out to start, then CMC goes down, and then a lot of their problems begin, and it at some point became irreversible. But just yeah. to note, they don't – they have the first round sixth pick they don't pick again until the the 32nd pick in the fourth round. So they have a first and then they have day three picks, a fourth, two fifths, a sixth, and a seventh. So they don't have a lot of draft capital to do a lot this year. They, they kind of, they're, they, I think the best case scenario is they've draft, they, they draft at six and take like a lineman or something like that, or they trade back, get some more draft capital, and maybe take a quarterback at that point. But they don't have a lot this year to work with. Dad, so what do you think they need? I, I've, got, I've got this. I, I want to say this little thing because you guys were talking about this. Um, Kenny Pickett, born June 6th, 1998. Sam Darnold, June 5th, 1997. 
okay. So it's it's literally one year difference between the two of them. So with that being said, I completely agree. I think they need a tight end, but there is nothing really big in this draft that's going to build that tight end spot for you right now. They had shots to get in the free agency and they didn't with Austin Hooper. Um, I really think that they should have put that in. I, 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 I will say this with Matt rule. I don't think if you're going to try and basically rebuild this team, if this is at your point and you're just going to say, okay, cause I've heard even talks of CMC being on the board for trading. He's on the block. They're open to talk to him. If you're going to do that, you have basically said, Hey, Carolina is in a rebuild mode. So if we're in a rebuild mode, why am I going to keep a coach that we have now had to go into a rebuild mode because of, in a sense, don't get me wrong. It's a little late now to say, bye, Matt, you're, you're gone. But as we build this team forward, you're going to have to, he's on the hot seat. He has to be on this hot seat. Now, for me, the other piece is, is I agree with what you guys were saying as far as the wide receivers on this team. Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall, Rashard Higgins, I just don't see enough from them. And if the quarterback is Sam Darnold, I don't see it getting any better. I think that in this draft, it's a heavy wide receiver core at class. You could probably pick up a great wide receiver, too, to go with DJ Moore that's going to be somebody for the future to build on, to build around, to put as a WR2, to give that combo with DJ Moore. So that would be something in this draft that I'd be looking at if I'm number six, maybe somebody, if he's still there, you know, like, like we talked about it earlier, like Drake, maybe, but I'm looking at, I agree with what Dylan said is, is you've got Shaq Thompson, you've got wide receiver, or you've got a linebacking core that you need to put younger. You've got to put age to the – you've got to look at that age as the long th- – like as a, as a builder. You have to get a better – a younger team going in this forward, If you especially if you are going to go into a rebuild. So that's my thoughts. Um, we're going to switch from Carolina to my, to my biggest rival, the New Orleans Saints. Um, New Orleans Saints have done a lot this season, not so much good or bad, just a lot, you know, head coach is gone, new head coach, quarterback still in a sense, you didn't even know who your quarterback was going to be until last week. So Josh, I'm going to start with you. Who are you looking at as, what do you, what do you see with, with the New Orleans Saints? Yeah, I, I think they're interesting. Um, you know, they, they have a lot of a lot of guys coming back, a lot of pieces. I think some of my questions have to do just with their O-line, their, their wide receiver. Um, you know, I know last year they had some injuries, and that makes it kind of hard. But I think their O-line is questionable. I think their wide receivers, what, what is going to happen with Michael Thomas? And I'm curious about this for multiple reasons, because I have him in my dynasty league, and I'm sick of it. But I can't get rid of him because his value is nothing. And yet yeah. he once was a superstar. So does Michael Thomas come back? If Michael Thomas isn't coming back and you are relying on Marquez Callaway, Lil Jordan Humphrey, and Traquan Smith, you in rough shape. Um, if Michael Thomas is back, all of a sudden that wide receiver crew doesn't look that bad. But again, we're talking, this is a deep wide receiver class. So I think pick up a wide receiver, maybe strengthen the the um offensive tackle or offensive line i should say um defensively i think they're pretty strong but my my main concern is more depth rather than like specific holes um i i think they if anyone gets hurt they're in trouble you know i look up and down and their starters look okay they could improve in a couple of areas perhaps but i think those offensive improvements are more necessary but if anybody gets hurt all of a sudden it's like who in the heck is this? I mean, look, look at this. They signed Daniel Sorensen. That's a sign that you're in trouble. Like, gosh, that, that dude got cooked more than almost anybody else. Like he was, he was Trayvon Diggs without the interceptions. I don't know what else to say. So yeah, maybe, maybe some depth. 
Um, I will say this. I mean, I, I agree with that one because Malcolm Jenkins, Jenkins just retired. You know, not to say that Gardner Johnson or or Marcus May is is horrible. I mean, I, I've seen them, but I think that they do need to look. I mean, they don't have a first pick till 18. And I think at 18, you're looking at maybe a wide receiver too, maybe offensive line because both of these are heavy in these drafts. Um, I, I, that's where I look at is, is I, I think they need offensive line. I mean, when Winston was healthy, he was playing pretty good. He was, I mean, you know, gets his eye fixed and, and, you know, he's, he's not throwing 30 for 30, um, you know, but they need they shoot me in the heart. Why don't you? <laughs> hey, how many times did I get 28 to three? Thank you. I don't want to hear about it. Um, so, but they could play well. I don't know exactly how they're going to look, you know, with with this team yet, but they just added uh, Andy Dalton, which is, you know, a big, big sign for them. Um, but they need offensive line help because, you know, losing Toronto, I've said, especially going to Miami, you have no left tackle. That's that's not good. That is not a good move for, with New Orleans, especially trying to put a, a, a young a quarterback into this to say, hey, be this guy. So. That's my point. Uh, that's my that's my two cents in this one. Dylan, what do you got with New Orleans? Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of to reiterate a lot of what we said, I mean, you lost Teron Armstead, uh, so I think you need a left tackle. Uh, they do have a lot more draft capital than like a New Orleans or a Carolina does. They have a first, a second, two thirds, uh, I think are, are, are good quality picks. Uh, like Josh said, I think defensively they they are lacking in depth. Like they don't they need linebacking depth. They need DB depth. They lost Marcus Williams. I mean, you replace him with Marcus May, but Marcus May is a downgrade from what Marcus Williams was. Um, and so you lose some talent in the secondary. So you need to upgrade some of that depth. Um, I also think you need to get younger with some of their guys. I mean, Cam Jordan's old. Um, DeMario Davis is getting older, but offensively, and, and maybe, I don't know. I don't think it's a hot take. I think they need to get off like playmakers. Like, I think we think of Alvin, the saints or like Alvin Kamara playmaker, like they're fine, but two for two years, you've essentially not had Michael Thomas. Who's not really a much like yak kind of guy, like a yards after the catch kind of guy. Um, Homeboy makes me want to yak with all his not playing. <laughs> <laughs> but but you need offensive playmakers like Traquan Smith, Marquez Callaway. Like these guys are not like they're solid number three options. But when you're relying on them for meaningful production, I don't think that they can deliver that. I mean, Adam Troutman, like I was pretty high on Troutman to be a like a, a, a playmaker and a, a one of the next great tight ends in the NFL. Uh, and he hasn't lived up to that, really. He was um, hurt so a I lot think, of last season, though. I yeah, know because I picked him up in fantasy, and then he got hurt, like most of my players. You yeah. were the KOD. So, so I like I like Adam Troutman, and I have hope for him, but like he hasn't done anything yet to make me hopeful for what he's going to do. And so you need to get guys on offense that can make plays uh, so that you're not saying – because I think if you rely on Jameis to make plays, you're getting Jameis back in Tampa. Like – that's what you're. Um, that's what you're trying to. That's what you're doing there. Um, if you say, "Hey, Jameis, you're the one that needs to make plays," because that's what he had to do in Tampa, and you saw what happened. Uh, but I think Jameis has turned a corner, so you need to put playmakers around him and not force him to make plays every single down. Uh, and so, I think that's that, that's what I think for New Orleans. I think they have a solid roster. I wouldn't be surprised if they're a nine, ten win team, make it into the playoffs. Um, so, uh, but yeah. All right. We will go with my Atlanta Falcons next. Um, and I'm going to start this one off. They need everything next. Hey, yeah, thanks. <laughs> hey, we're better than Carolina. I'll say it that way. Ah, uh, no, no, I don't believe that <laughs> Carolina has a much more, better defense. You have more, you have more draft capital than Carolina. That's, that's that why I said we're better. Yeah. Hey, I'll take it. Um, so look, I, I said it, it is funny. We, we have our little notes that we read before the show and, and, and Dylan, you made fun of me with it, but I put it on there. I was, uh, we need a WR one, WR two, WR three. 
Um, QB, I, I, I know Mariota is a stopgap QB. He's just there for two seasons. Um, and that's, you know, just to kind of get our, our next guy that we get, hopefully next year, not this year, um, ready for the season, you know, for, for, for three years from now. Um, I, I, yeah, I know what we need. I know we're not there. We're not going to be any there. I, the biggest thing I want out of this draft, let's say it this way. I'll do it this way. I want a defensive end. I want defensive line to be our number eight pick. I don't want Drake London. Okay. I don't, I don't want Drake London. I'm saying it here first. Don't want him. If it's Garrett Wilson, I might change my mind, but I don't want Drake London. All right. I want defensive help because that's where we've had our weakness for a very long time since our Super Bowl. Defense has been our issue. So I would argue, I I would argue even during your Super Bowl. Hey, hey, hey. Because I wouldn't just say since, but I would say during because it was, yeah, they were young. They were young. They were young. They were young. Okay. I'm just going to say it that way. They were young. Since. No, we just haven't really put anything together for our defensive setup. Um, I, I, I'm not going to lie, though. I do like our coaching. I like our, where our team is going. I like the direction that we are in a rebuild. Yes, we have re- established that. But we're going in the right direction for it. We're putting pieces together. We're not spending a lot of money. We've gotten – we moved players on. You know, Matt Ryan's now in Indy. Go have fun. Mm. You know, hopefully he does it better for him that, than – That third-round pick should really help. Hey, it took off a lot of draft cap. It took off a lot of cap room, which is what we needed more so than anything. I thought so, it was the biggest dead cap hit in NFL history. No, it's it like, still well, gave him a lot of cap room. It still gave him a lot of case. Yeah, look. So, all right. Does anybody have any ads to my – yeah. No, I think I, if you start – like, I would say if you take Kyle Pitts and uh, maybe Cordell Patterson and Grady Jarrett, and maybe Lorenzo Carter, AJ Terrell, and possibly Casey Hayward. And then you put the rest of the guys on the boat and ship them somewhere else and then get a new team. Um, that might be helpful. That, that might, might be a good place to start. Well, that- look, we're going to play for the USFL. That's what we're going to do next season and just get the number one pick. Um, you, you guys you might still, still lose there. Yeah, you still might lose there. Uh, but, uh, I think like, I mean, I don't have much to say. I mean, I think you need some running backs, but a running back is more of a luxury pick unless you're taking them in the third or fourth round. Don't they have Mike uh, Davis though? Shut up. I'm not getting into this. Uh, but, uh, I, and Mike um, Davis is now a backup, so he's back uh, to being uh, good. I think, right? Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, they, they just need a lot. The more I actually thought about it, this is random and talking about last year. But we've kind of railed about like the 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 Falcons taking Kyle Pitts at four if you're in this rebuild kind of situation. And the more you think about it, what do we say about tight ends who are drafted? They need two to three to four years to really kind of find their feet. Granted, Kyle Pitts had a thousand yards as a rookie, uh, but he still like there was times he had one touchdown or two touchdowns. One touchdown uh, all season long. One touchdown and it was in London. Uh, yeah. And he 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 looked lost at times. He was still trying to find his footing and whatnot. And he. And whatnot. So if you think about it, the timeline fits when he should be taking off, when they should have a good team and a quarterback in place to whatever. So it might not actually be a, a, a bad move. But yeah, they need, I mean, they have some, you have some pieces. You have a, a good corner, a decent line, a good tight end. Uh, Deion Jones isn't bad, but there's definitely about every other, you throw a dart and you can upgrade at that position. Well, and I'm, <clears throat> I'm not a betting man, but you know, if I were to gamble, I would guess that you guys would take a wide receiver, because um, because wide receiver seems to you know the the odds on you starting with these wide receivers are probably pretty low. Um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out if I, I can make any more uh, gambling comments about your wide receiver group because uh, you don't right. have Calvin Ridley. <laughs> <laughs> I caught it. Would, I... would you bet? Would you bet about what sixteen hundred? Yeah, sixteen hundred bucks on that. But no, like you guys are fortunate that this year is probably the best wide receiver class to have this issue in. Um, so you can easily pick up take, somebody. I don't think you take one in round one. 
I would I take one in round take two. We have two round picks two, in round, round two. You have two in round two, two in round three. I say maybe take I a shot. I say you have an additional third round. round pick because that's what you got for your franchise quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he's older. He's 37 years old. I mean, come on. Third round so, pick for a 37-year-old quarterback? That works. So I think I think how old is Rogers? What shots. was he gonna bring? Like five first rounders? I think you uh he's 33. I think so you take a second. No, he's not Rogers at 30. Rogers. Oh okay. Yeah, I didn't say Russell Wilson. Uh but we yeah, I think for for what you want to call it. you maybe take a shot in round two round three you maybe take two or three shots at, at wide receivers see what sticks and whatnot but at round one i think you've got to go a d end or you've got to do I, something if a kyle hamilton drops maybe a kyle Dylan, hamilton Dylan, you keep talking about taking shots i think if i were gonna be a fan of this team i'd have to be taking a lot of shots uh, i don't drink so we're good <laughs> all right i'm gonna move on from this one I'm going to take this abuse and just move away from it. <laughs> so we're going to let in this conversation very shortly on the, um, the, 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 the very horrible team that's on in the NFC South, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dylan, I'll let you start. Where do you think you need help? And don't be modest. Not in uh, and our quarterback doesn't need help. He's pretty good at coming back. Except for maybe big, like big the fountain leads. of youth. He need, I mean, <laughs> at 44, he, he should have won MVP. <laughs> but uh, the uh, I think, honestly, like, we do have some holes. Uh, we didn't get to bring everyone back. I mean, you have Ali Marpet, one of the best guards in the league, retire. Um, I think left guard is a, is a, it's a need, but it's not a, like, we need to do it. Because I think we upgraded – at right guard with trading a fifth round pick for Shaq Mason. I think that was an absolute steal. Uh, and you, you get Ryan Jensen back on a three-year deal. You have Donovan Smith on the left tackle. You have Tristan Wirfs on the right tackle. You're bringing back three of your five pieces plus upgrading at right guard. You have Stinney who was a backup last year and was serviceable. So if you go into the season with Stinney, I'm fine. You have four solid, above-average, great pieces on your line. You have one maybe average piece. I'm not worried about that. But you could stand to upgrade at left guard. Uh, I think what we need is upgrade in, in a pass rusher. I mean, you have Will Golston, who we re-signed on a one-year deal. You have Shaq Barrett. Joe Tryon, I think, is going to be take a step up this year. I, li- I like him a lot. But you don't have a lot of depth there. Um, and so I think taking another uh, pass rusher there might be a smart move. Um, I've seen us also mocked at taking maybe like a Trayvon Wyatt or a Jordan Davis, one of the Alabama D tackles. If Jordan Davis falls to 27, sign me the heck up. Put him and Vita Vea in the middle. Like, what are you doing at that? Like, <laughs> like that you're not running. Like, there's, no, there's nothing that you can do at that point. But I, I'm also – so Tampa, we did re-sign Leonard Fournette. I wasn't a huge fan of the deal. Uh, but I'm also of the opinion, I like drafting a running back in the first round if they're worthy of it. And I think like a Brees Hall in the first round. And, and my reasoning is, is, is that what's the worst thing you can do with a running back? Sign him to a second contract. A big, a big deal. It never works. I was going to say draft him in the first round, but that's just my opinion. Well, listen to my reasoning. Listen to my reasoning. After you sign running backs to the second contract, it usually doesn't work. Look at CMC. Look at uh, uh, CMC. Ezekiel uh, Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott. Like, look at those guys. It doesn't really work. You draft him in the first round, you get five years. If it hits, it's a lower cap number. Not that bad. It's manageable. Fifth year, fully guaranteed. Sixth year, you can tag them, and usually after year six, they drop off. You're done. That's it. You've got five to six years on a first round on a first round thing. You don't have to re-sign them. It's a it, it financially makes a lot more sense uh, when it comes to running backs. I think maybe attack Brees Hall in that for, in that twenty seventh pick, uh, but I could see us probably going if a Zion Johnson drops. And stays at 27, us going there, or if a, one of the DN slide because the run goes on quarterbacks or wide receivers and a DN slides, I could see us going DN there. But uh, that's kind of what I think. I think everywhere else we're pretty solid. Secondary, we're solid. Uh, line, we're solid. 
quarterback, wide receiver. I, I think. Oh, I mean, we got we got Atlanta's number one to come to Tampa to be our number three. So that's true. He said. He said, "I don't want to be there for this, so I'm just going to come there and be my." I mean, all right. So I think I think you need to have a better backup for Tristan Works because. All I know is his replacement got whooped like a rented mule when Werfs got hurt last year. So um, I, I'm looking. I agree. I think pass rusher, uh, defensive end, Golston's good, but somebody opposite him. You know, I do agree though that you have some of that pass rush coming from your linebackers with Shaq Barrett and Tryon Shornika. Um, I honestly, I look and say tight end because Rob Gronkowski is not re-signed at this moment. And you lost OJ Howard, so you have Cameron Brake and Cody McElroy. And I I like Brake, but considering the way that you know Brady likes to use some of those two tight end sets, um, and the way he likes to rely on the tight ends, I would say maybe if you can't get Gronk back, but Gronk would be the solution to that. I'd be perfectly comfortable rolling into the season with Gronkowski and Brake. Um, but I think tight end, maybe some offensive line, if not starters, at least depth. I agree. Shaq Mason was a steal and then defensive end as well. I honestly think we could take a shot maybe at the end of the second round, third round, depending on how stuff falls at like a Trey McBride or someone like that. Like one of those top tight ends, uh, later in the second or third round, but that's just me. Dad, what do you think we need? Money. Y'all need money. Because y'all have no cap space. Y'all spend a lot of money on things that it's gonna it's you're gonna win the division. It's an easy setup. You got the division, but you got two teams rebuilding in the division, y'all spend a lot of money for the future. So let's hope that it works because you're like you said, your quarterback's 44. He's probably not gonna play next year. You guys could be at the bottom of the barrel with a quarterback with a quarterback class next year. You're gonna have players that are gonna be late. But I think that's the problem is, is you won't be able to pull in these free agents to come play. Right now, all these people want to come because TB12's there. He came back. All these people signed after he said, I'm not retiring. I'm, I'm coming back. And all you got all these signatures. I think that's going to be an issue come next season. This season, y'all have the division. It's an easy still. Um, but I do agree. Tight end. When both your tight ends are, if they sign Gronk, which could happen because of the fact that, you know, he hasn't been signed yet and TB12 is there, both your court, both your tight ends are over the age of 30 or 30 or older. You got to get somebody youth into that position in the long term. When you've got Godwin and Evans in their 20s, you can't have a tight end in their 30s. You need somebody else there as the blocker, too. Um, that's my biggest one. Is, is I think money is going to hurt you guys in the long run. Granted, you guys got a great GM who has moved money around well, you know, changed contracts, you know, done some moves. Yeah, we need to you know, chill. Moves. We need but to chill with right now, y'all don't have money. If, if Gronk gets, doesn't, if Gronk comes back, he needs to come back going, can I get the vet men at least? Because if well, he gets anything bigger than that, if he gets a Fournette type contract, you are just hurting yourselves. Oh, trust me, I 100% agree. I think if we sign Gronk, it's got to be vet, min, vet minimum to come back, and, and we can't re-sign. We can't tack on void years to uh, Brady. We can't extend him and have dead cap money going out for the next two to three years. Like I think you push it all in this year. Don't do anything with Brady's contract. Bring Gronk back. Maybe draft a tight end. Net, honestly, one thing I could see us doing is to set up for next year and to get – some draft picks for next year is maybe one of those teams, a Detroit or a whatever says, I want to come, I want to get to my quarterback at the end of the first, I need to get in front of Detroit. So a team trades it from the top of the second into the first gives up a first or a second next year on top of some other capital. And you get out of the first round, get some capital. And maybe next year, you have you have the ammunition if a if a quarterback says I want out or if you want to go up and get a guy or or something like that you have you have the resources to do that I could also see that being a thing because I don't know if we could withhold withstand a, a quarterback 
on a big contract coming into Tampa next year. Um, it would be interesting to see how that we would make that work. But uh, yeah, we can't keep pushing. We can't keep pushing money into the future because that bill is going to come. I mean, ask New Orleans what happens when you do yeah. that. Uh, and it's we just need to chill out on that, and we need to. And and don't forget, you can't you can't really do that because the thirty second pick is the Detroit Lions. They could go after Matt Corral with that one, and and that could be their QB. Well, I mean to like jump jump yeah. Detroit to like, no, to like, like hit twenty seven or something. The, someone in the early second round that wants to. Oh, I see what you said. Okay, okay, I got you. And, I got you. Okay, I misunderstood what you said. I thought you meant like Detroit looking to get a, a QB at the end of that. I see what you said. Well, like I said, I'm not. You know, I have to agree. The, the, the Tampa Bay Bucks, you'll hear it. I'll say it here now. They're going to win the division. It's not really a, you know, big surprise. Um, they paid for it, basically. It's almost like, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, so just, I guess they, they, they took the same scheme because it's Tampa to Tampa. Who knows? Um, but on that note, we are out for this week. Uh, next week, be a part of here. We will be talking uh, for our division next week. It is Correct me if I'm wrong, the AFC South. So if you're an AFC South fan, you might want to hear what we have to say. Uh, If not, just hit us up on other things that you'd like to hear us talk about. Um, We are going to start talking just in general stuff. You know, there's not, it's, we're going to hit that dead zone of sports coming up soon. Baseball is coming back, but it's, it's not going to have a lot of meetings to it yet. NHL playoffs are coming up, if I'm not mistaken. Am I right there, Josh? Yep. So we got the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs that are going to come up, but that's not going to be. We'll hit that dead spot before the draft comes up, which we always do. Start talking about the draft, but give us other ideas of things we can talk about. So on that note, we'll see you next week.